Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi everyone, I'm Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Today we're going to talk about what it is like when um, you don't really get mothered when you're growing up. You have to learn to navigate life on your own. What do you do when you are knocked down? Everyone says, get up. But how? You've never learned or been shown how to get up. My guest, Marla Goldberg, will share her experience of growing up without guidance, instructions, or support in a world of dysfunction. No, sorry, dysfunction, resulting in low self-esteem and low confidence. Through her journey of spiritual discovery, Marla learned to make her life work, heal her wounds, and learn to accept and love herself. Marla is an energy healer, intuitive, teacher, speaker, best-selling author, a contributing writer for Gray's Journal, and creator and host of Guided Spirit Conversation podcast which is, by the way, also on Voice America Empowerment. And her mission and her passion, and as she calls it, her fire of desire, um, is to help as many as she can to release repressed emotions, learn to forgive, learn to accept themselves, warts, wrinkles, and all, and ultimately discover self-love. On the show today, Marla will share her tips, tools, and techniques from her book, my effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path. Um, and she also offers one-on-one sessions, speaking engagements, classes, her podcast, again, Guided Spirit uh, Conversations, along with her book, and I'm going to repeat it, My effing Long Journey to Loving Myself, a Guide to a Shorter Path. She's also going to offer us a 30-day meditation challenge. And you can get all of this information from Marla's website at www.marlagoldberg.com. And that's with G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G, two R's. Two R's. So welcome to the show, Marla. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks, Barb. Thank you for inviting me. I have to say that I was so impressed with this book. I I was telling you right before the show. I want it to be mandatory reading in every high school <laughs> and, and mostly the tips and techniques and um, the kids, kids, all of us so badly need these things to bring us back to ourselves and who we really are and to make our lives work so much. But how, tell me how you, after a rough ride through a good part of your life, how you came to write the book. Well, um, I was I was transitioning my my practice, and I started working with a coach. And the coach said to the group, because it was group coaching, and he was like, "Well, you need to write a book, uh, so that you can become an author, because you need to position yourself as the expert you are. Because many of us have expertise, but because of." Um, 
a lack of confidence. It's a new genre. We're not comfortable. A lot of us don't do it, um, but we have a lot to share. And so I went away for a month. I went away. I left my husband for a month and I started automatic writing. And I just would go into a meditative state, pick up a pen, and I just start writing and writing and writing. When I finally looked at what I was writing, it was my story. Because up until that point, I didn't edit, I didn't filter, um, I, I wasn't judging. I just, you know, all I just kept doing for hours at a time was writing. And then at one point, I said, well, I think I better start typing this in here. I'm going to be doing everything twice. Mm-hmm. You know, thing in the book are hundreds and hundreds of pages. Mine only, I think, is 167 with um, the techniques. But that's how the writing came to be. That's how the concept came to be. And while I was writing it, spirit kept interjecting. So I started writing and they're like, no, no, you need to do something to help people. You know, this is a book about helping. So mm-hmm. that's where the tips, tools and techniques came in the back. Then it was like, no, no, this isn't enough. You need to show where you use these or would have used these if you had them. So, I mean, my book was sort of rewritten about four times <laughs> before before the editing even came because Spirit kept saying, no, no, you need to do this. You need to do this. And, you know, it, I still do this. If Spirit tells me something, I trust and I do. And I did. Wow. That was great. I'm <laughs> So impressed by somebody who writes a book. It's just beyond me. I can't fa- fathom the the dedication. Just doing it. <laughs> but I wanted to ask too about. Um, and I've been here, so you know, in the middle of my life, when uh, I feel so beaten up, I feel so lost, and I feel alone. I think it's only me that it's happening to. How did you take that first step to start to? To say, wait, you know, I, I, or to start to teach yourself rules of life, how to make life work. Well, I'm, I have, can't take, I cannot take total credit for teaching myself. What happened was I was in a really bad marriage. I was in a horrible place in my life. And I was like a deer in headlights and I didn't know what to do. I couldn't move one way. I couldn't move the other way. And I was just stuck. And I kept saying to spirit, you know, I need help. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to move forward. And this woman's conference came up was the beginning of 2003, I believe. And this woman's conference came up and there was, and I was looking through all the speakers and what the topics were. And there was somebody talking about how to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I've been in talk therapy for about seven years and nothing's working. So you know, the, what, am I, what do I have to lose? And I was supposed to go with a girlfriend and the girlfriend bailed on me. <laughs> and normally I would have just said, forget it. I'm not going, I'm not going by myself. I needed the support. Mm-hmm. But this time I did, I went on my own and I met the teacher ahead of time. I, and I loved her energy and she just was, she was so motherly. And so I went and listened to her lecture, her talk. And every, you know, how they start with questions. How many of you out there, blah, blah, blah. And how many (laughs) of you, you know, raise your hand, raise your hand. Well, my hand just stayed up and I'm like, okay. And I was listening to what she was saying. I was trying to understand what she was saying. Excuse me. And at the end, she said, I'm doing a one day informational to talk about the school. 
It's going to be up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. If you let me know if you want to go. So I took the flyer. I signed up. I went up there. Again, Where did you live that you went up there. Chicago. I lived in sh- Chicago. Okay. And so I drove up, and again, I listened to what she had to say. And I maneuvered myself so when we went to lunch, I could sit next to her and ask her questions because I was like, I I wasn't getting it. I just Mm. couldn't wrap my mind around it. And it took me back to um, the early 90s when I started with, you know, Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and Mm. and all these self-help books. But I couldn't understand the concepts. So I asked, what about this? What about this? And so if I asked, you know, because, you know as well as I do, if you're asking a question to a group, that's because other people also have the same questions. They just might not ask them Mm -hmm. or they need to hear the answer for whatever the reason. And so at the end of the day, she goes, who's going to sign up? And this voice inside of me kept saying, what do you have to lose? Nothing's working for you so far. And that's like a mantra in my ear. So I raised my hand. I signed up. And, you know, a couple, six weeks later, I went to the basic, uh, Class. What was the course, though? You said it was how to heal yourself. The, well, the, her lecture was about how to heal yourself. But what this woman had is she had a mystery school. Mm-hmm. And so and she had, had been running her mystery school for quite a while. She, can, I, can I ask you to explain? I know what a mystery school is, but a lot of people don't. So, so a mystery school is really an old term of a, of a secret society, a secret school. You know, it's not advertised like a university or anything like that. And back in 2003, it truly wasn't advertised. It Mm -hmm. was, um, you know, you would just find out from people, word of mouth. And that's how this came about. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though she did do a little bit more marketing, but she called it a a mystery school. And she was, I can't remember her teacher, but he was a very, very well-known teacher. And she also learned from Barbara Brennan. And mm-hmm. some other Hands people. Of light. Yeah. yeah. And she was doing a lot of work and she was a channel and she would channel Jesus. Well, she is a channel. She isn't gone yet. She's still with us <laughs> on this planet yeah. and, and in her human form. Um, but I went through three years of, of classes and it was, she would come to town three times a year for five days, five day intensives. Mm-hmm. And during that that time you would learn anywhere between one modality and three. So at the end of three years, I was, I had 14 under my belt. And the thing is, is her, and I'm going to paraphrase, but her belief was you have to clean out your own closet before you can help anybody else clean out theirs. And so we had to do homework in between the five day intensives. You had to get 50 homeworks in on each modality. So if there were three modalities, you had 150 sessions you had to do. And Can you give an example of modality? That you so have? modality is a technique. So one of the first techniques we learned was awareness, um, A-R-T, awareness response technique. So mm-hmm. the very, very basic way is you take someone into a process, you know, close your eyes, scan your body. When you run into, I'll say for no other way of saying it, a block, mm-hmm. let me know. And they'll say, okay. What is it? Where is it? Well, it's in my throat chakra. It's in my shoulder. It's, where, it's in my abdomen, wherever it might be. Mm-hmm. And then you start going into what does it look like? What do the edges look like? What color is it? 
Uh, what is the texture? You know, and you just try to figure, you know, get them to really focus in on what this block is. And in some cases, you'd say, is it saying something to you? Is it giving you a message? Yeah. And then you would take them to the process of removing it out of their system, breaking it up, whatever whatever was necessary, um, and releasing it. And then there's ART phase two, which was even more, which was even more um, in depth. And so, so it, you know, the process is you start with something easy, then you make it, you get deeper and you get deeper and you go into something else and you might, um, you know, we did a, a two point. So it's, that's another ten, uh, technique where you would have your hands on two points on the body and you would go into around where there's healing needed. So if you had an ache in your knee, you might put one hand on the bottom of the knee, one on the top, and visualize a figure eight of energy going mm -hmm. in. And then the next point in that is, again, visualizing your hands going in and clearing out the debris. Yeah. Let's say it's an arthritic knee. So those are a couple of, of techniques that I learned through mm -hmm. the school. And then, like I said, by the time I graduated, I believe we, we learned 14 of them. Wow. But there was a lot of, a lot of healing went on. Mm -hmm. A lot of healing. I mean, I was my, I was stubborn. Mine was the second <laughs> to the last, <laughs> last um, <laughs> class before I finally cracked open and really um, just took decades and decades, decades of pain and just cried. I, I mean, it wasn't just crying. I wailed for five mm -hmm. days. And at the time I had to drive back and forth. I used to, at the beginning, I stayed in the class, but then I'd filed for divorce. So then during the divorce, I had to go, cause I had three dogs. I had to go back home and take care of them. Right. And I mean, I would be wailing in my car going driving the hour back in the morning. I'd be wailing. Like I'd stop crying to sleep. As soon as I woke up, up again, the waterworks came. I wow. would be wailing. And this happened for five days. You must and have been exhausted at the end of that. <laughs> exhausted. Yeah. But it was a relief because when I was a queen repressor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would just be, I do, I call it the Scarlet O'Hara. Oh, fiddly deal, worry about this tomorrow. Oh, I'm not going to feel, I'm not going to worry about it now. I'm not going to feel about it. I'm not going to let anybody know how I feel. I'm right. not going to let you know you hurt me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to hold my head up high, straighten my back and keep going forward. Well, not a healthy thing to do. No, not at all. And it does erode your self-confidence because again, it's inside of you. You're not sharing it. It's not coming out. And you're thinking you're broken. <laughs> you're broken. Broken. You're not good enough. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody, nobody understands me. Nobody gets me. I mean, I mean, there's just a right. lot of limiting beliefs that come around it. Mm -hmm. And on top of it, if I kept doing this, it would have, could have, would have, could have ended up in something very, very physical. Right. I'm like in neck and wood, disease. But, come out as yes. a disease. Yeah. Because that's what happens with disease. It starts outside of yourself. It starts outside of your energetic bodies. But as more and more things happen to you, and the more you don't deal with them, the more it comes through the layers till it eventually hits your physical body and affects you. Except for that last 
crying jag five days. <laughs> Did you um, know what was happening? No, you know how when you look back and you think, oh, my God, you know, there were major releases. Did you know while they were happening or was it later or was it just when you saw changes? Um, I knew that things were happening slowly. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily understand it all at the beginning. But of course, the you know, the more you became friends with fellow students or people who had been graduates of the school, um, people were very kind and generous with sharing information, mm-hmm. sharing understandings. And I mean, I'll tell you, there was a friend of mine. I remember I kept saying, um, what was it? I kept wanting to know why. Why is always, since I was a child, why is a big question. That's why I love interviewing people because it's like, well, why? What about this? And what about that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she said, sometimes, Marla, you have to stop asking why and accept things for where they are because they're there for a reason. The funny part is, is you answered with that, why? (laughs) Right. Why? Why? But then, but then now I don't ask why quite so often. Mm-hmm. You just accept. Well, I, now though, you're so in touch with your own energy and your own spirit. Don't you know when it resonates, when it's time to not ask why and, and just go with the flow? Most of the time I'd go with the flow. Every mm-hmm. once in a while I might revert back. And that's yeah. when I have to remind myself that you're exactly where you are for the for for reasons that may be known or unknown, meaning you're where you are for a lesson, an opportunity, a gift, a combination of. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm I learned to surrender more than try to take control. The why is about me needing to control things. Mm-hmm. Right. right. By surrendering, I don't have the need to control my my life other people's lives my interactions with people it's like an nth of a degree that I used to because mm-hmm. why do you control why do you have the need to have an a plus plus personality and control everything to keep yourself safe that's but are what you I think really too. keeping yeah. yourself yeah. safe right right and, and as an empath that's why there are so many empaths to to go out to merge and say, are you a safe person? You know, I've met you. Are you a safe person? Can I trust you? And and merging those energies to know you. So I, you know, I see a, a lot of empaths using that technique to make sure they're safe. Exactly, it's the base of a lot. It is, but now I I you know. I- I'll put my protection around me and mm-hmm. trust and have faith. I, you know, I, I have prayers every morning. I always ask for support, protection. Um, if I think I might go into something that might be a little hairy, I'll put it, I'll put a one-way mirror. If I think people might be projecting stuff onto me so that it doesn't even come near me and just bounces off and goes back to the person projecting it. Right, right. And then I feel guilty because, you know, I, did I just slam them with the nastiness they sent to me? <laughs> no, I don't, no, see, I didn't I don't feel guilty at all because right. I didn't do anything. All I right, did, right. you know, if they didn't project, it wouldn't hit my mirror and go back to them. I did a course kind of like yours, a different course, but, um, and I ended up, trust was not, you know, something that was in my life. Same thing, not safe. 
And um, I ended up trusting. And it, my mantra became, you're on the train. You're not driving. Enjoy the scenery. <laughs> Oh, I like that. Yeah, isn't it? It's enjoy the scenery, you know. Yes. Driving. Because I only can see what a fabulous trip it's been and the patterns looking backwards. You know, I could never have ended up in Denver, which is where I am from New York City. You know, I, I never would have known. I couldn't have done it going forward. I could only see it looking back. You know, and now it's, you're on the train, you're not driving, let it go. <laughs> Enjoy the scenery. Yeah, that's a great mantra. It's powerful. It, it helps. Yeah, it helps me. When I start, it still comes back a little bit. Oh, you know, <laughs> oh, let me control a little. <laughs> so, you know. But that's your veil of fear. And once you it get is. through your veil of fear, yeah. Yeah. then you'll realize, like, Oh, my God. It's like Dorothy and the Red Slippers. I had the power all the time. I didn't right. need to put this right. this fear up and be afraid of it. Right. It, it definitely is. And it is a fear. And once you realize, sit back, enjoy the ride, it all, you just relax. It all just goes away. It exactly. all just goes away. But I had to learn it, too, uh, because I, I came out of a family, big family, and um you know, we had a great family, and I had a great childhood, but there was no training. <laughs> there was no life lessons. There was no good luck with that. You know, you were on your own, you know. Um, so a lot of, I had to do a lot of learning after the fact and school of hard knocks kind of thing. So that's yes. why I'm so impressed by your your tools. Thank My you. God, if I had known that. <laughs> right. I mean, if way I knew back then. What I know now, what would I have exactly. used? Oh, there would have been a lot of bruises and blood not spilled. <laughs> I Especially know. your own. And that, I mean my own. Yeah, I mean my own. Because I went internal. I, I took it in and I went internal. And it really, I didn't even have the self-esteem to hit back. You know, so, you know, it's, it's yeah, I could have definitely used this course in uh, high school. That's why I said, this should be in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. I was a scrappy one. And also I had to become very resourceful and resilient very young Mm -hmm. because I mean, some of the things that I, that I did, um, no child at the age I did it at should have done it. Meaning I remember one day I was sick. My mother didn't take off work. She was a teacher and though my doctor's office was only about five or six blocks away, I'm in grammar school. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, that's you. Yeah, and walking to the doctor by myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't know any different, so I didn't know how messed up that was. Yeah. I didn't know that when I had died, I went to uh, the downtown Chicago on my own. I had to take two buses and a train. I was 10 years old to go to an eye doctor by myself. Wow. I mean, it's, it's wow. just things that I did because if I didn't do it, I wouldn't get it. Right. And so I did it. And the same thing when I took figure skating, I had to take two buses and, and it was a sketchy neighborhood when I was young by myself. And it wasn't bad during the day, of course, but on Friday and Saturday nights when I'd be by myself coming home at ten fifteen at night. I've read that in your book. And when I saw ten fifteen at that age. That was, that was quite the risk. That was dangerous. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, thank God I had common sense and I'm sure I had some 
guidance, but I mean, I would take my, my blade guard off of my skate mm-hmm. and I would hold it. I would hold it in a way where it wouldn't look like I was using it as a weapon, but I was prepared to protect myself if I had to. And then you go down the street saying, okay, whose light is on? Whose light is on? Where would I go if just in case you needed to run somewhere, you'd see who was, who was awake. And that's where you learned lack of safety. <laughs> that's where you learn vulnerability and that you can't really protect yourself. You know, you don't have the power in many ways. Except for the blade. <laughs> Except for the blade. Except for but, the blade. But looking until, you know, looking at the lights on, I mean, it, it did give you a sense of safety because, you know, things were a lot different back then. There was more, people were more community, like they wouldn't keep the door shut if you were screaming. Everybody would right. run to your assistance. Right. If the lights were on, you knew they were home, you knew you could ring the bell, pound on the door, whatever it might be. And they would answer. They would open the door and bring you in. Right, because they wouldn't be afraid it would be some looney tune out there, you know, trying to harm them. Right. Or, you know, they bring you in and it turns out, you know, what are you doing with that child? It's like, whoa. (laughs) I mean, in a way, sometimes I'm afraid to ask a kid for directions. You know, it's like, oh, no. (laughs) We have changed into such a weird society. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, it is. You know, and so many people are feel alone, which is why your book's so great. And um, it just can't communicate, can't connect. It, it's so hard to do now. And you're certainly not going to do it on social media. You know, try to have a conversation oh, or God, just no. to connect to people. No, I know. It's, it's very hard. And kids nowadays are so wrapped up in their electronics and their devices, their parents' devices, that they forget how to communicate with other beings. They don't get the opportunity to socialize. I think there's a huge socialization drought amongst our children. I think that's why the anxiety, the depression, the, you know, the uh, fear, you know, these kids are so frightened. And um, I think a lot of it is because they are not out in the world. They're behind the, the, you know, phone or whatever. And the problem, too, is parents can't guide them because they've never been in this world either. So it's not like, well, you're on your own. (laughs) I mean, there's just no guidance for this. It's all learning for all of us. Well, and I I have seen a number of parents. I mean, I've seen some really great parents, some really involved parents. But I've also seen some parents who are just so narcissistic and caught up in their own hurts, pains, disappointments, like Mm -hmm. my parents were. But, you know, you see it cycle forward that they just perpetuate the dysfunction that they grew up in. It is. It's dysfunction to dysfunction. You don't know until like you learned. And again, this is why your book is so good. How to heal this, how to make this work. And we're going to go into that right after the break. I don't want to delve in yet. Um, And, you know, and go into some of those tools of how to heal that dysfunction or to get out of the dysfunction. Because once you've grown up in it, this is all you know. Right. So if you have kids, you're passing along only what you know. You you have nothing else to give. And you and at that point again, you think this is normal. You don't realize that you're not functioning properly. You're dysfunctional in the world. And then of course, 
now your kids are too, <laughs> because this is what they've seen from you. But before we get into that and how to clear that up, let's take a break and we'll be right back with Ma- Marla Goldberg. And we're going to get into some of the tools and tricks on how to break the cycle of dysfunction and heal ourselves to live Perfect. a healthy life. Okay, see you soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit AViewThroughTheVeil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit AViewThroughTheVeil.com. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, welcome back, and we're here with Marla Gold. Goldberg. I keep wanting to put an R in the wrong place. (laughs) (laughs) Marla Goldberg, yeah. Yeah. uh, Marla wrote a book um, on um, my effing, I have to always stop so I don't say the wrong word, my effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path. And we're going to go into some of those tools now of how you get out of dysfunction into health. And we were talking on the break, talking about how to to get out of dysfunction when you don't realize how deep you are in dysfunction. You think this is normal. So you're hurting, but you, you're lost. Right. So, you know, Marley has these great tips on, on how to do it step by step. 
And um, I'm going to, the one I, I have, well, I had to start with the first one, Clear Delete. So tell us about that. So what I love about Clear Delete, when I learned this, is that we don't manifest immediately, but what you put out there, you get back tenfold. And when I started clearing myself and healing myself, the last thing I wanted to do is, you know, bring some more stuff boomeranging back to me. And so what I started doing is saying, you know, if I had a negative thought, so I think the example I used earlier was um, you're driving, someone cuts you off and you say, you so-and-so, well, immediately, oh my God, I don't want that going out there. Clear, delete, clear, delete, clear, delete. You know, you can say clear, delete, um, cancel, transmute if you want to do the long one. But you say it three times because what you want to do is you want to stop the negative thoughts, projections, words, actions going vibration. forward, the yeah. vibration, the energetic vibration going mm. out there so that it circles back to you. And when it comes back to you, it always comes back to you multiplied. So, and then you begin after a period of time, you start paying attention to how you talk to yourself, mm. how you talk to other people, the words you use, um, your fantasies about them, Be, you know, meaning, you know, a lot of us, you know, are revenge-based. You did this to me. I'm going to come after you. No, 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 no. You know, now I've even started sending love. Clear, delete, and then send them love. Because mm-hmm. people need love. They you do. know, there's so many people that don't know what love is. They don't. They think love might be, you know, if you do this for me, I'll love you. You know, strings attached. Mm-hmm. Um but unconditional love, true source love, is you just you can just send it out. And and here's the thing: if you've ever pulled up to next to somebody and you just start saying, I'm sending you love, I'm sending you love, look at them, they'll feel it because they'll look over with a look of surprise on their face. Or if there's somebody um, who might rub you the wrong way, just send them love. Mm-hmm. And but the clear delete stops the energy from moving forward. Now, when you're in spirit, you manifest almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness down here you don't do that because a, p- a lot of people would be manifesting, bringing things to them that they really don't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how uh, you know what is is great with that as well? Our knee jerk is to be angry. Our knee jerk is to respond. Yes. So the clear delete breaks that response, breaks the automatic of it. So that's great too. Well, then you realize because you get tired of saying clear delete. I have to tell you, when I started doing this, (laughs) it would be like, I'd I'd think something, clear delete, clear delete, clear delete. And then I think something else. I'm like, oh my God, clear delete. And you start paying attention and then you're able to start changing your thought patterns. Mm -hmm. So instead of projecting negative, angry, hurtful things outward, you stop yourself. So you don't say anything. You send love. You know, you send healing because you realize that they're just, you know, sending you their, their wounds, you know, the residual of their wounds. And how about, how does that work too? When you start to listen to your own thoughts what you're saying to yourself. Well, a clear we as there. human beings <laughs> yeah. talk to ourselves worse than we would talk to our worst enemy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, instead of saying, oh, this wasn't meant for me. This wasn't meant to be. Oh, my God, you're so stupid. You couldn't even get this job. Oh, my God, you're so stupid. They don't even want to have a friendship with you or a relationship with you. Well, this isn't so. And you don't really know what the real reason is. And what I've learned is traditionally, if there's something that happens and you know that you've dealt with integrity, you've handled your situation with integrity and with the best of intentions, then you have to sit there and say, this has got to be about them because if I'm sending out love or if I'm doing things with kindness or gratitude or gentleness or whatever it is, and I'm still getting pie in my face, then that's their stuff, not mine. And Mm -hmm. then you learn to stop taking on other people's stuff because when you do, you give them your power, which is many of us give away our power all the time. Yeah, where do you want to go to dinner? I don't know. Where do you want to go to dinner? Why don't you just decide? Well, guess what? Somebody decides something. Then they have just (laughs) handed over their power because if you don't like their choice, you really, you know, to say, oh, I don't want to go there. Well, you just said make a choice. They made the Mm -hmm. choice. You gave over your power. So now, you know, the proper thing to do, the you know, the highest um, vibrational thing to do is to just follow along because you you gave them the power of it but if you are very you know particular about where you want to eat you could just say um well i'm gluten-free i'm dairy-free i'm sugar-free i'm free 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 so what, what what do you think of one of these three restaurants can any of those work with you mm-hmm or if not, you know, but, but you're, you're giving suggestions instead of just saying you decide, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of times it's people also, go to restaurants that they don't like. Yeah. But it's also knowing yourself, yes. you know, wait a minute. I, I really don't want to go there. So, so many times we don't think you, we just go along. We're halfway down the road when we think we never really thought about what do I want? And it's a automatic not to think. And I'll bet clear delete starts you to help to listen to yourself. <laughs> well, it does. And it's also a people-pleasing technique. And so when you start taking back your power and, and standing in, in knowing what you want and what you don't want, then you are also pulling back, you know, and, and doing what's for your highest and best good and not just please, trying to please the other person because you want to be liked or accepted or easy, thought of as easy and not high maintenance. My husband and I joke about this all the time. I have a lot of food sensitivities. You know, he like, it drives him crazy. <laughs> and I just say to him, it's like, you know what? I never claim to be low maintenance. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I, I've just, and you liked me the way I was, and he, I yeah. haven't changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never hit it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I never exactly. hit it. Yeah. So what would be, so once you started doing the clear delete and started to be aware of yourself and what was going on in your head and and some of the knee jerks, some yes. of the terrible things you were saying to yourself too. Tell me about the other tools that you think So are. one of my favorites is I call it release by exertion. Now you can do it a number of ways, but I take a kid's bat. You can do a plastic bat or a Nerf bat. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I go to a soft surface. And here's the caveat. You don't use this on an animal. You don't use this on a human. You strictly use this on soft surface, sofa, mattress, pillow, mm-hmm. overstuffed chair. Right. And you, you wind up, you think about whatever it is. Um, it could be nothing. It's just, you could set the intention. I just want to release whatever I need to release or something might've pissed you off and you want to release that. You put that in your mind's eye and then you just take that bat and you start whapping the surface. And, oh, I would say if you don't start feeling emotions by your fifth or sixth time, then you're either really, really repressed or you're fighting, you're resisting, releasing. That you can't help but start feeling the emotions come up. Here's the secret. You have to let them come up and out. You've already held them in. The whole purpose of doing this is to break it up and have it come out. And if you need to cry, cry. If you need to scream, scream. But that's my favorite. But so people may say, I don't want to do a bat. Well, I did it with tennis. I would picture someone's face on the ball when I played tennis back mm-hmm. in the day. And I would, I would, you know, serve, I would just use all my might, or when the ball's coming at me, I would see it. And it didn't have thus, it, it released, not as, not as fast as that bat, that bat uh, exercise. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, or I would box, boxing was another mm-hmm. good thing. Because I would picture the face on my partner's mitt. And, you know, I would go at it. But there's something about hitting something. Mm-hmm. Not a human being, not an animal, not a child, right. but that gets it out of your system. It gets it up, it gets mm-hmm. it out. And because people live in such close proximities, I designed a screen pillow. And you know, so, I got the screen pillow. Yeah, oh, it looks fabulous. And so it's it's funny. It's it's um. It almost reminds me of that Rolling Stone. Oh yeah, that. Cover. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember which which element it was, but with, the, with the tongue the sticking ones. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was um, because it was sort of like scream here, so yeah. that you can muffle the screen. So because you, you don't want to alarm people, you don't want if you want yeah. to get it out of your system. Yeah. You know, primal screaming was so big in the seventies. I remember. Yeah, big for a reason. It was mm-hmm. big because it was powerful. But again, there was more space between people back then. And if you wanted to go and, and do your primal screaming, you could. This way, you've even got then it up. was even then it was alarming. <laughs> well, screaming heard, is always it alarming. Was a little frightening, but you know what I like about the scream pillow too is it reminds you to do it <laughs> when it's there and you can see it. It's like, oh, I've got stuff I got to get out. <laughs> it yes, reminds yeah. you to do it. Absolutely. One of the things I want to get into. Um, and make sure we get into is forgiving yourself for, you know, regrets or, you know, things in your life. That's a hard one. It's one of the hardest. Yeah. Because, you know, Julia Roberts said it in Pretty Woman when they were talking and he says, oh, you've got all these amazing gifts. And again, I'm paraphrasing. And she goes, you know how it's just easier to believe the bad stuff? And that's the truth. You Mm -hmm. can do 99 amazing things right. but somebody criticizes you or judges one of them and all it's like the house of cards and they all come tumbling down yeah you collapse on yourself 
You do. And then you start with that negative self-talk. And then you, you know, you might go so far as start treating your body badly by overeating or drinking or drugs or anything like that, because you want to, you know, you, you want to hide the criticism. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was really, and then this was a hard one for me, but forgiving yourself because we're humans for whatever transgressions, intentional or unintentional, Mm -hmm. they happen. And so there are a few exercises in the book that I use. I mean, there's the forgiveness letter, which is good for forgiving others, mm-hmm. but it's good for forgiving yourself. There's, um, you know, you can do your pro and con list and forgive yourself, you know, writing down all the, the negative attributes you see in yourself. And what but did you call you that? The yin yang? I did. I called yeah. it the yin and yang <laughs> list. And then you write down all your positives. Mm-hmm. And you, you see where there are, but if there's negatives, you those are things you need to look at turning around in your heart, in your mind, and in your soul. Um, and not only negatives, just choices that you made when you look back and think, "Oh, I should have regrets." But regrets you know? are negative. It's those are limiting right. beliefs. So mm-hmm. regardless of what term you put on them, they're all the same. They're yeah. limiting belief systems. They're self-sabotaging, self-abusive behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's the mirror work. That is, that's hard, but it's powerful. What's where? So mirror work, um, depending upon where you are. Yeah. Yeah. um, Let's start from the neck up. You look in the mirror, you look into your own eyes, and you say, I forgive you for... I will do, I will make a promise. I will commit to myself that I will be better at, you know, in moving forward, these are my intentions. I'm just paraphrasing three things, but Mm -hmm. look in your mirror, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror saying that and really don't, don't look at, you know, a freckle on your forehead or, (laughs) you know, you need to actually force (laughs) yourself to look into your eyes because in your eyes, you will see love. You'll see forgiveness. You'll see acceptance. Mm -hmm. And if not, keep practicing. You'll get there. Yeah. Um, But, but you've been learning to forgive yourself, look yourself in the eye and forgive yourself for whatever it might be. It could be for something stupid as um, I'll tell you a story. I was a cocktail waitress and I had these ice cream drinks on a tray and I tripped and four of them went down this lady's back. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't, but of course, you know, the manager yelled at me uh, like I was doing this on purpose, you know, criticized me. And then you go into, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's a time where it would have been back going, you know what? This was not intentional. This is not your fault. Yeah. Accidents happen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> forgive, you know, I forgive me for doing this because it wasn't done out of malice. It was mm-hmm. just done out of clumsiness. Right. It's an acceptance of an accident. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. and that you're just accidentally, you know, it happened. It happened. Right. Yeah. And not not something intentional, not meant to hurt anybody. It just did. You know, crap happens. It just does. It, it does. It does. Now, when you're teaching and or working with someone on one-on-one on these things, tell me about some of your success stories or when you can see them lighten up, change. 
Well, I'm going to tell you about a clearing scenario that I had, but this was powerful because um, I was called in to do a spiritual response therapy session uh, on on this person's son who is in high school. I'm going to so stop as long as somebody, ask you what a spiritual response. So spiritual response therapy is a practice where you clear blocks, programs, imprints um, on your Akashic records, on your soul records. Mm-hmm. So you go into past life clearing, current life clearing, et cetera. So okay. this person's son was an all-American athlete. He was did well in school, has won tons of awards, yet from the for for the from the age of 10, I think it was 10, couldn't sleep, could not sleep through the night. And he was just tormented in his own way. But yet he was an achiever. And so she said, would you clear him? I said, sure. And during the session, I heard something about a Ouija board. And so when I was having a conversation afterwards, I said, well, did he play with Ouija boards? And she goes, not that I know of. But then when she talked to her husband, her husband said, yeah, don't you remember his friend so-and-so brought over a Ouija board? And I think they were really young. Maybe they were not 10, maybe they were seven, but mm-hmm. they were young and they played the Ouija board. And so here's the caveat, everyone out there, Ouija boards are not safe. Please don't play with them. If you don't know what you're doing, don't play with them because you can open up portals. It is not good. And they opened up a portal in his bedroom. So when mm-hmm. I came back to do a space clearing, the primary disturbance was in the bedroom. And when I went back, because you do a few sweeps on the main floor, but when I went into his bedroom, I could only walk in two thirds of the way. The rest of the space was blocked energetically. So then I went, you know, cleared, you know, the, I said, show me where the, uh, the block is. <clears throat> Showed me the space. I cleared it and it opened up. And I went and I told them what I found. Hmm. Well, and then I heard a message that to ask me if he wanted to change bedrooms because the eldest child had moved out. So there was a spare. And at first he said, no, I don't want to change my bedroom. But two weeks later, he said, you know what? I do. And he was, he decorated because his room was bare. That's what I forgot to mention. Had a bookcase with no books. It had a desk with nothing on it. There were no, no pictures. Yeah. There were no awards. There were no trophies. I mean, it was bare. Mm. And all of a sudden, I mean, he started being able to sleep after the clearing. But then when he moved into the other bedroom, he's putting his awards up, his books in there, posters, you know, all teenage stuff. Wow. Yeah. So he didn't have permission to live there at all. And to live in that room. Well, I cleared it and he was able to, but it was, it was a fresh start. But the point mm-hmm. is, is that the friend brought home for a Ouija board. They played Ouija, opened up a portal. Nobody understood for 10 years what was going on. And this poor, this poor child was unable to sleep. And, you know, was always restless and not, not, you know, one of those good, refreshing, you know, replenishing sleeps. But once it was cleared, once we found out what it was, and then we cleared the space, finding out where the block was, where the portal was open and closing the portal, clearing the remnants, the mm-hmm. debris. 
Then he was able to sleep. But when he actually moved to another room entirely, it was like a, it was like a new person. He slept for a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, he put out his achievements where yeah. he wasn't yeah. putting out any achievements. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, That's pretty amazing. What, a, what an energy clearing like that will do. Yeah. 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 And so also what a Ouija board will do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, again, I can't stress enough. You know, on my show, I had a Ouijaologist, but she knew how to work with the energies of a Ouija. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of a Ouijaologist. First, I love the word. <laughs> but I've never heard of that. <laughs> and I, you know, in my research, I found it's like, wow, Ouijaologist, this is cool. Because mm-hmm. I was always, you know, when I started walking down this path, I realized I was taught, do not play with Ouija boards. Do not, because you don't know what you're opening up. And if you don't right. know how to, to manage the energy... You don't know how to manage the energy. And it's usually a low vibration energy. They're not, you're not bringing in the best guys. <laughs> no, you're yeah. bringing in, yeah, you're bringing in really negative. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I'm hearing the word dirty energy. I don't That's know. That's a good way to put it though. Dirty energy. Yeah. Yeah. Low so, vibration. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's good. Now, you do classes and um, you do one-on-one sessions as well. You work over Zoom as well as in person. Um, I mostly work over Zoom. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always worked um, from a distance Mm -hmm. because there's no space and time and spirit. And actually, I find that when you're you're not in the same energy field with each other, Mm -hmm. that you can get deeper clearing because – there are times where I'm just on the phone, right? So I don't look at somebody's expression or if somebody is like judging what I'm saying before they allow it to assimilate, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really see if You're what's responding. coming through. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they don't respond to me. You know, if they see mm-hmm. me, you know, like sometimes I make faces, you know, because I'm trying to hear something or decipher or understand, they might see this face and think that, it's at them or something that they're saying. So I personally try to keep things where they're neutral, as neutral as possible, because I think that's the trick of success, successful. That's healing. what I find. When I read, I have to be neutral. If I drop, if I am not neutral, if I start to feel, I've dropped into the other chakras. I have to right. go back. I have to read from neutral. But what exactly. do you have coming up? So I have recently finished my 30-day meditation challenge, which you can find on my website, which is Marla Goldberg and Goldberg has two Rs.com. And it's 30 days and 30, 30 ways and 30 days to either start a meditation practice, deepen your practice, or just have a different uh, visualization in your meditations. Mm -hmm. And they cover a variety of areas in one's life. So I'm working on that. My podcast um, every Thursday at noon Eastern time at voiceamerica.com, same channel, Empowerment Channel. (laughs) I also stream live on on Facebook. Um, And I'm I'm doing a lot of article writing now. I just finished one for Gray's Journal. So we're in the process of getting it submitted. I'm not familiar with Gray's Journal. It's an online periodical. It's lovely. It's a lovely. It is. Take a look at it. Yeah. And so, and I'm doing a lot of um, writing and I never thought, articles, I've never thought that 
I would be doing that, but here I am. And I just, you know, have a thought and put it on paper. And because my whole, my whole mission, or like we said earlier, my fire desire is to be of service, to be helpful Mm -hmm. and to help people heal, to help them grow, enhance their life, tweak their life, whatever, whatever it is that they need to live the life that we're all divinely meant to live. And don't we have to get out of our own way. Book. Don't forget <laughs> to buy the book. It's on Amazon.com, right? Or my website. I also you can also get the screen pillow on my website. Yeah, and, and your website because um we're about to go off. So, um, Marla Goldberg. I'm trying to give that R away again. <laughs> Marla Goldberg at uh, dot com, or you can email her at marla at mghealer.com. And yes. you can book in on one-on-one sessions as well as um, her classes and then speaking engagements if you have anything coming up. And now the articles. I'd love to read some of your articles as well. They're on my website. So you can just great, go under great. media. You'll be mm-hmm. able to see my my interviews, my Right. Podcast, my I listened to your articles. podcast yesterday. It was good. It was great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was my first time I did a solo. Oh, how was it? How did it feel? It was great. Good. It good. was good. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody. I never know how long 30 seconds is. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody for joining us. And I hope you enjoyed it and that you're going to have a great week. And I'll see you next week. Thank you, Marla, for being here. Thank you, Barb. I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.